Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Stevie Giassi, the co-founder and CEO of Legaler.com, an Australian legal technology company focused on advancing the delivery of legal services and expanding access to justice through blockchain technology. He's also the host of the Legal Meets podcast and president of the Australian Legal Technology Association. Hi, Stevie. How are you? I'm great, Ari. Uh, it's a pleasure and an honor to be uh, on the podcast and quite unusual to be on the other side of the call or the screen um, talking to you. So thanks for having me. It's a privilege. So tell us about your background and the genesis of Legaler. Definitely never imagined myself being in the legal industry. But the one thing I guess I was destined to be and there was no escaping was being an entrepreneur and potentially a startup founder. So my father was quite entrepreneurial and he was also a professional athlete and the, the captain of his national football team. So he came to Australia a long time ago and, and basically started a new life. So I was always consumed and inspired by his entrepreneurial pursuits and grew up kind of in that. So fast forward many different businesses later and also a stint, you know, growing up and you know aspiring to be a, a professional athlete as well and playing tennis and getting the opportunity to travel around around the world, I ended up getting a real job and, you know, eventually started building technology platforms. And through that process, dealing with lawyers, we, you know, experienced some of the um, the bottlenecks and the inefficiencies. So with our own startup experiences in the procurement of legal services, but then also in collaborating with other lawyers. But then we were also approached by many in the industry themselves. So lawyers looking for social media, for blogs, for websites, for platforms, for lead generation. And we kind of realized there was something lacking or an opportunity in that industry. So again, it started with our own problems with with dealing with the industry, which is, I I guess, a a good incentive to start a startup. But the other thing was just recognizing that he was an industry that Really, you could see kind of where it wanted to go is moving obviously a lot slower, but there was definitely a lot of opportunity. And, and I guess we approached it from the commercial aspect to how can we solve some of the problems faced by this industry. And maybe similar to some of the, you know, hopefully bigger disruptions where Uber, the disruption came from a, someone from the outside trying to break the status quo. Airbnb, they weren't from the hotel industry and didn't even know the hotel terms they uh, encountered in their first kind of meetings. Back to the genesis of it all, we really wanted to start with something that was simple that could have network effects that could grow cross-jurisdictionally again started building the framework for what you could call uh, a virtual law firm of the future legal in, in its first iteration which we released in april last year um, which is now in over a thousand law firms and in over 80 countries is basically a secure online meeting tool so it's actually one place to record schedule host the meeting and then archive it and you know integrates with back office like clio it's matter centric. You've got screen sharing, file sharing, real time chat. So essentially, it's a, it's a in browser way to connect with your lawyer as a client without having to kind of download four or five different apps. So we bring it all to one place and in your browser. So that's kind of how it all came to be. And, and now we've got some exciting things coming up, which uh, I'll share with you shortly. How would you describe the state of legal technology in Australia? There's so much happening here, and I think so much has happened in the past too. So just recently, I was fortunate enough to be asked to write a chapter in this global legal tech book, and, and you know, I kind of had a chance to just pause and sit back and kind of just take in what you know all the in- innovative things that we had done here in Australia. You know, we, we were responsible for for Wi-Fi, so you can thank us for that. But we did create uh, Google Maps and some you know pretty cool other inventions. So we're pretty 
innovative bunch. But, you know, when I stood back and kind of you know, took account of what we had done, this is a global phenomenon, but there's never been more interest in legal tech. But if you go back to some of the pioneers in one of the early platforms here was called Incorporate. It was like before legal Zoom and Neil McCrossan started an online platform we can go and kind of incorporate a company and that was you know prior to 2000 so leading the frontier there and then if you look at christian beck who's the founder of leap and now infotrack which is potentially a unicorn right now he raised 350 million dollars for a legal technology company through debt financing so potentially one of the biggest rounds that i can think of in, in legal technology so there's definitely been some history and some things that maybe other people are not too aware of but regardless there's so many cool legal tech companies popping up uh, right now, and I think that led to the genesis of the Australian Legal Technology Association. So that was quite a, an organic group of legal tech founders initially coming together, uh, a bit of a counseling group at the start, you know, talking about the battle scars and, and what it's like to try and build a company. It can be pretty lonely building a legal tech company or, or any startup. And I think just because of the sheer interest in, in the industry right now, so there's, you know, um, some of the members are more mature. So there's like the Law Paths, which are an online marketplace. There's lots of cool AI popping up, document automation. So Australia's legal tech industry is in, in a great place. And, and again, stepping back and looking at what the law firms have done, it was pretty amazing to see all the way from the big firms to, you know, Mills Oakley set up an incubator that, that did quite well, causes Wentworth has been developing a lot of technology. Allen's has won some awards around the world. Between the law firms, the small startups, there's a lot of cool tech bubbling up. And also Macquarie Bank now, you know, they've come on board as a, as a sponsor of Alta as well, Janice Dean. So Macquarie's doing this legal tech interface through their banking portal. We can connect all these legal tech apps. They're looking to fund legal technology companies. In general, the, I think the, the state of the industry is quite good, but like anything, they could always use, I think, more venture capital, more funding, and that's slowly funneling towards legal tech companies just because it seems to be the last place that the, the VCs haven't uncovered. And just recently throughout, we put together an initiative that's just in its early stages, but Legal Angels to actually get some of these bigger law firms and Macquarie Bank to actually start looking to seed some of these really exciting ideas. Legal Geek was just in Australia uh, recently on their Around the World Tour, and Alta actually hosted them. So it was great to just see, you know, how much legal technology was being kind of built in, in people's offices and kind of, you know, it's somewhat, it was somewhat underground because of the, the format of the pitch. Anyone could get up from the audience and you had barristers getting up that had built technology, you know, declaring that they were cage software developers. So I think in all corners of the industry in Australia, there's, there's things bubbling up. And I think it's finally catching up to the reg techs and the fintechs and, you know, getting some legitimacy on that level. You mentioned the Australian Legal Technology Association. What's the mission of that group? Well, basically just to give a platform, again, to the, the companies that I mentioned, to give a platform to these early stage companies to be seen, to, to, to cross-pollinate with the rest of the industry, to actually maintain somewhat of a, a global presence. And, you know, there's ELTA. Um, obviously, ELTA's got a, a slightly different mission. We're very careful from the start to actually make sure that this was as Jody Baker from Zuck, yeah, one of the um, early you know, catalysts for getting this whole group going, mentioned it was for the people rolling their sleeves up and, and, and doing and building. So basically, it, it's more about the technology companies and, and fostering them and giving them a place to, again, network, get their uh, wares out there through these demo days that we've put together. So just to give you an idea that the earliest events that we put together were hosted by Macquarie Bank, and they were 16 startups on one stage doing six-minute demos, you know, as lawyers, you can't get away from the, the six-minute increments, but basically two-minute kind of Q&A at the end. 
and it just got so much great feedback. We went to Sydney and one in Melbourne, and it was just like the audience was filled with, you know, young university law students, CIOs, uh, the Law Society, technologists, you know, in-house counsel from banks. It was just such a great cross-section of people in the audience, and really it was a sh- it was a chance for these companies to get up and show their wares, which you probably wouldn't have a chance both as a company and as a buyer to sit there and just see, again, 16 legal tech companies up on one stage and get a good cross-section, again, from document automation, from AI to some access to justice projects. So that's really, I think, the mission is to kind of give a leg up to these companies that are out there and building stuff. And, you know, the, the one thing that's promising and, and hopeful for the legal tech industry in Australia, as we just covered, is that there's so much cool stuff out there, but you just don't get to see it. So this is a great platform for people to get out and, you know, join the community and basically get a voice. And there's also Alta Advocates, which you can join in, and, and they're not necessarily the startup members that are building the technology, but can join in the events, the conversation and the community. So um, I think it's been a great success so far. And, and, and you know, there's about 30 members already as technology companies. So, you know, not bad for a, a country with a you know, population of 24 million. How is your team influencing access to justice? So actually, we use that demo day to actually make an announcement to the world. So our company, when we first started, we always had an ambition to actually build a broader global legal ecosystem. And some of the emerging technology, especially blockchain technology, has allowed us to kind of accelerate our path towards that. So again, we started with the meeting tool and we were able to, to let that grow organically because of the network effect. But now we're going to the market later this year with, with a token offering for a global blockchain for the legal industry. So that blockchain will foster decentralized apps and the first few projects will be, you know, obviously by Legala. So Legala Aid is the first one. And essentially it's a brand new model for bringing access to justice to the 4 billion, according to the United Nations, that live without access to justice and, and you know, live outside of the rule of law. So essentially Legala Aid is a new type of company that's built on code. So it brings a new level of efficiency. Using blockchain, it brings a new level of transparency, and it solves the two problems. One is, obviously, as I mentioned, the charity model has kind of you know, received a bad name. It's, not, it's quite opaque. A lot of these companies have 90% admin fees. The 10% that kind of gets delivered to, to doing good doesn't really get documented too well, or you can't see the outcomes. Combining that with the access to justice problem, we create one solution, I guess, that solves both, and that's legal aid and that is a way for the disadvantaged to receive legal services via uh, community legal centers that raise money from the crowd through tax deductible donations and again this is done all on the blockchain it's all done with a settlement layer of cryptocurrency so people can still actually pay with credit cards and receive a tax deduction for cases they're passionate about that they want to donate to and these will be social justice cases but everything else is basically done on top of the blockchain and using the legal token. So this brings what we call the first type of proof of impact ecosystem. So what I mean by proof of impact, and you'll hear proof of work and proof of stake as obviously technical terms in the blockchain realm, but proof of impact actually means that you can have everyone on one platform and you can actually see the outcomes and their performance and what they deliver. So as a company, people will be able to see uh, as a non-for-profit Every expense, every transaction that legal aid itself makes as a company, and so held completely accountable, you'll see the impact of a lawyer. Lawyers are also rewarded with the justice token, which is clocking up and recognizing the, their pro bono work. Legal centers will also obviously be putting cases into the platform. The cases that are just simply pro bono, they're private, and, and they'll be matched with lawyers, so potentially an IP lawyer 
that's passionate about creatives can actually get connected with that work. And then obviously the donor for the first time can see a donor to recipient transactions. They can see, hey, I donated to this case, it went to this person, and they can follow that case and see the outcome. The, the other you know, impact is the client. So the disadvantaged clients getting vetted by community legal centers, you can see the full life cycle of, of how they kind of, um, these legal services get rendered and, and the impact it has on their life. And so part of this inspiration came from one of our current advisors, actually, Luke Geary from Salvo's Legal, who created a profit-for-purpose law firm, which has, in seven years, made $50 million worth of profit, and more now, actually. And all of that profit has gone into humanitarian legal, which is basically a non-for-profit law firm. So one side is actually making serious profit from big companies like ASX 200, Commonwealth Bank, the government. And all of it, after the lawyers are paid, the rent's paid, the expenses are covered, goes to people that are basically walking off the street with a bag of possessions and you know they've exhausted every recourse and this is their only hope. So that was quite fascinating to me. A little bit similar to Tom's Shoes where a commercial entity is actually putting a pair of shoes onto someone disadvantaged. I guess we're kind of trying to replicate this in a more scalable global level using the latest type of technology that, again, certain things weren't possible before and they're all possible now. So that's kind of what we're working on now. And that's how we're really you know, hoping to kind of help access to justice. So just to be clear, Legaler is funding its access to justice initiative through an initial coin offering. Is that right? That's correct. The, the venture capital world and just fundraising in general has seen a significant shift where companies are actually raising money from their communities as opposed to giving away equity to venture capitalists. In a sense, you're going to your stakeholders and selling them a future use of a, a service or a good within your ecosystem. Again, there's different types of tokens, but essentially the token we're offering is a utility token. So it's to be used in the network. People buying the tokens can actually use the tokens as a proof of stake to host the blockchain, and they'll be able to use it to basically earn transaction fees for hosting the network, but also be a mode of exchange. So it's similar to Bitcoin, how it got rid of the middleman in terms of banks. People will be able to buy legal services. They'll be able to use it as a stake to prove their identity and verify themselves. So this ecosystem is essentially built on a cryptocurrency, which is the legal token. And there's also the justice token, which is a more of a, like a frequent fly as a reward mechanism within the ecosystem. And essentially, this is disrupting venture capital. So in the start of the year, over $10 billion has been raised in, in token offerings. And that's not including the $4 billion that EOS raised under a company called Block One. So what's happening is the venture capital industry is getting uh, circumvented, where companies are now going directly to their future users and saying, hey, this is what we're going to build and this is how we're going to service the community. Do you want to be a part of it and actually buy a future good or service in our company? So that's the approach we're taking. Again, that then we become really responsible to our community and adding value to the network. How are you pricing the coin offering and who are you expecting to participate? We've got a 10 cent US public sale price, but we also offer bonuses for early contributors. So similar to, I guess, someone seed funding your company, they're getting better access to what's being offered. We're actually doing a public sale towards the end of the year. So right now we're back around doing uh, some seed funding. So we're about three quarters of the way through our seed funding to actually finance the rest of uh, the process. The ICO itself can, you know, uh, involves a lot of moving parts from community building to marketing to actually, you know, building the technology out. So Legaler itself is, you know, also expanding its its team and bringing on some blockchain talent. 
and and bringing on we've brought on some really i guess a brains trust you could call of some of the best names in the legal industry they range from people like andrew Ruda, who's obviously got experience with ai so we want to use ai to kind of um, help intake and you know access to justice with legal centers actually you know automating a lot of the vetting and intake so with dr roland vogel from you know, stanford and and codex David Jacobs, who was the former executive chairman of Baker McKenzie, brought in some big names from the actual blockchain world as well. Um, one of um, the guys from, uh, you know, high up at Ripple, uh, Omise Go. Uh, Dan Lear also from, you know, who was uh, industry relations at Arvo, who's recently um, stepped out. Tay Royal, who's the global head of legal technology at Asher. So there's some really key figures from both the legal industry and also the tech world banding uh, behind us and behind this initiative. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a way of the future. I'm, I'm a really big fan of what decentralization can bring to the world, breaking the silos. This, this past year, I think it was 83% of the wealth went to the top 1%. You know, if you look at, again, just the legal industry, there's, you know, 80% of people in Australia, UK, US, these main developed markets that really, when they have a legal issue, can't get any help. So add that to the 4 billion people that live outside of access to justice, something's got to, something's got to give. So there's, you know, some really great people behind us. And um, the names I mentioned kind of form the, the Alliance for Justice. Uh, that's our advisory board. And, you know, there's other people there like Christian Sutherland-Wong, who was a recent director of product at LinkedIn. John Flood, professor of law and society. So we've really gotten some of the best people in the world that can actually help get this off the ground because it is an ambitious mission. But hopefully it's going to do a lot of good for the world. Given all of these initiatives, where do you see the legal market in Australia headed The next two to three years are going to be very exciting because, again, there's more interest in venture capital, it's getting easier. You know, legal is taking a different path, raising money from the public in terms of doing a token offering. So there's more ways, there's crowdfunding laws that have been passed. So there's more access to funding. I think that's obviously quite important. There's a lot that needs to happen from the government because we've been pretty slack with some of the initiatives. There's, you know, some good tax grants that have helped startups, but pretty limited beyond that, right? And we get pretty jealous of countries like, you know, Canada, um, that, you know, have like great incubation systems and great government funding. Those things need to fall into place, but there's definitely enough talent and enough interest for this to be somewhat of an incubation country, I guess, because Australia's only $20 billion in the, in the in legal services, uh, about 70,000 lawyers. So it's a good test bed for getting legal products up. It's easy to get products out into the market. But beyond that, Australian legal tech companies really need to be looking to global markets, need to be looking to... Asia's not too far away, right? And, you know, we've got a lot of uh, relationships business-wise with the Asian market, lots happening in Singapore. I think they really need to think about how they bridge the gap to these global markets. The U.S. is obviously anywhere between, you see figures from 300 billion to 500 billion. Uh, quite a big difference between having 70,000 lawyers and 1.3 million lawyers. So I think Australian tech companies need to really think about initially testing their products and having a global vision from day one, but then working out the best ways to kind of do that. And, you know, as part of an idea like Legal Angels, where you could have bigger law firms pulling money together, incubating startups and really creating a launch pad for young technology to be really nurtured and incubated would really help. So I'm, I'm really trying to help bring that together right now. And hopefully we can we can put something together that, again, could be a little bit like maybe the global legal hackathon in the sense it could potentially be a global initiative where startups are showing their wares in different cities, culminating in, you know, um, pitching competition that kind of gets people funded. I think you see a lot of, you know, hackathons, you see a lot of cool things bubbling up. But then it's like, okay, so how do you bring these ideas to life? So I'd like to hopefully play a part in making that easier, having gone through it ourselves and experienced that, you know, having spoken to investors in the US, realizing what it's like when they know you're going back to Australia, making it harder to write write the checks, 
things like that. So hopefully we can play a part in helping uh, the, you know, the strength legal technology industry move forward. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Stevie Giassi, the co-founder and CEO of Legaler, an Australian legal technology company focused on advancing the delivery of legal services and expanding access to justice through blockchain technology. Stevie, thanks so much. Oh, appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.